Psalm 119, verses 67 through 71. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I keep your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are callous and unfeeling, but I delight in your law. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Wow, did you hear that? It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. That is so different than the way we often think about afflictions. You know, we think about afflictions as, um, how could this be happening to me? This is terrible. Where is God? Um, His job is only to bless me with nice things and with luxury, right? And if we have that mindset, which sometimes we slip into because of our entitlement and our flesh mindset, um, then we'll be confused why affliction comes. And we'll just, we think our only prayer then is, Lord, make it stop. You know, make this affliction stop. Please do your job and bring me comfort again. But that's not necessarily what the Bible's saying here. It was good for me to be afflicted that I might learn your decrees. In other words, I might learn something about God. I might learn something about myself. I might learn something about the world. Um, I might be discipled and matured and um, sanctified through affliction. So that changes the way we pray, doesn't it? We say, Lord, I do want you to make this affliction stop, but please don't make it stop until you've done that deeper, better work in me that clearly needs to be done here. Uh, It's just a different way of praying. Let me ask you uh, about uh, the comfortable life. Uh, I'm thinking of the rich uh, young ruler who has all the right impulses, who acknowledges uh, Jesus is a great prophet, if nothing else, and who is very enthusiastic about joining him. But the it's it's not just that Jesus tells him to you know unburden himself from all the good things that he already has. It's that I think the rich young ruler, not knowing exactly what it was in his mind, did a quick calculation and said, "This is not worth it to me to give up all this because I know I'm going to suffer. I know hmm. I am not going to have." all the things that protect me from suffering. Protection from suffering is um, probably something that all humans feel they need. But I mean, in some of the things that you and I have been talking about today uh, or over the last several days too, um, God doesn't promise that to us. Right. It's not, it's not there. It's not in the uh, little birth certificate that uh, has God's going to give you a comfortable life. Yeah. I think the first thing is uh, that we all have to arrive at at some point in, in terms of dealing with suffering is to acknowledge Jesus suffered for us mm. on the cross. Amen. Not that so that we would not suffer, but so that we would... Um, draw back be drawn back to God, the original creature God created that would, wouldn't have divided hearts 
we would acknowledge the nature of the world. And, and Jesus does that in John 17. I mean, he talks about the world as the fallen world that we actually are in. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Christian is not called to comfort. It's it, it, it called to ministry and they're called to discipleship and they're t- called to um, uh, going out into the world and making disciples of all nations, meaning going out in the world and sharing the enormous wealth, spiritual wealth you've been gifted with, with others who may be deprived of it for one reason or another. I think a great way to end this episode would be just to, to reflect on the second Corinthians piece that you put in the book, talking about Paul, who was no stranger to suffering and cataloged the sufferings he endured for the glory of Christ, where he says, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. It was in all those things that he um, actually was blessed because he got to draw near to Christ.